we're starting this new series, and I think I need to start just by asking this question, okay? And we're, this is, it's like, it's not a church, but it's like, we're having, we're, we are church, so we're, it's kind of like that, right? So we're not going to lie about this, right? Because probably the person next to you will bust you if you lie on this, this question too, okay? So we just got to be 100% honest here, okay? You ready? Show of hands, how many people have said this statement before? I'm overwhelmed, Okay, okay, good. I say, easy. waiting for somebody next to you who knows you to be like, put your hand up, right? Like if you didn't, be like, yeah, I've heard you say that, right? That was my, that was my suspicion that all of us have said those words before, almost all of us. We've, we, we've uttered those words. We've got to a place where all of a sudden we, we find ourselves feeling as though our energy or our ability is not commensurate with the responsibility we carry. There are seasons in our life where it's as though everything's fine, we can, we can do everything, but then there are these other seasons, these patches we hit in our life, where that feeling of, of overwhelm starts to happen. And what that feeling is, is, is what the word kind of means, right? It's, it's so weighed down that you almost feel like you're being buried or drowned underneath the weight that's on your shoulders. That's that overwhelmed feeling that we can get, right? If you've never had this feeling before, just wait. It's coming. It's coming. Life adds responsibilities to you as you grow up. And that's a good thing because responsibilities are important. But very soon, almost all of us find ourselves at a place where whatever it is that we're carrying, the amount of stuff that we're doing, we start to feel as though, you know, I'm getting tired, right? Like my legs just feel kind of weak underneath the everything that I have on my shoulders, or maybe we start to kind of get that feeling where it's like we look out ahead and we think, I don't know if I can make it, right, to where I need to to make it to. Or maybe what happens is we start to have that feeling where it's almost as though the, the weight is so heavy and it seems like it's so constant that it almost feels like we can't catch our breath anymore, where it's just like to breathe, it's like another thing and another thing and another thing and I can't take it. That's that feeling of being overwhelmed. Now, I think we can become overwhelmed by a multitude of different things. Of course, there are a ton of things that can make you feel overwhelmed. But I wanted to talk about three things that I think these are the primary culprits for driving us to the place where we feel overwhelmed. And I'm going to talk about them in these next three weeks. We're going to start today. and In the next two weeks, we're going to discuss these. And these three things are stress, sadness, and suffering. Stress, sadness, and suffering. These three especially, they have the ability to drive us to the place where we feel just completely overwhelmed. Next week, we're going to talk all about sadness. And if you've been in a season, you are in a season, you know somebody who's in one of those seasons where no matter what they do, it feels like, I can't find the feeling happiness anymore. I'm not happy anymore, really, with with anything. Even the things that should bring me joy, it's not doing it. And then the last week, two weeks from now, we're going to talk all about suffering. And those are those things that come into our life that, to be honest with you, we can't control. Those things that that are too big for us to control. And to be honest with you, even if we knew they were coming into our life, we probably couldn't have done anything that really would have prepared us for them, right? Because they're so, I mean, decimate our energy. They tear down our ability to go through. But this week, I want to talk to you all about stress. Stress. Now, it's going to be hard for me to talk to you about stress, to be honest with you, um, because, you know, I, I just don't have any. I'm just, 
I'm just Mr. Laidback. Um, my schedule is so easy, uh, pretty chill life. So, I mean, uh, you know, just, I'm just Mr. Relaxed, really. I mean, if you know me, I'm just Mr. Relaxed. And the pockets of laughter you're hearing is people who really know me. Because they're like, yeah, right, yeah, right. No, I deal with stress on a regular basis. Thank you, Amy, for not laughing so loud that people could still hear me. I figured you'd be cackling, like, are you kidding me, right? Um, that's my wife right down front, yeah. Stress is such a part of, of my life of managing that. Um, my life can, can easily become overwhelmed by stress. On an average Monday, when I wake up, and I get ready for my week, I can tell you that the amount of things that have to be done, it is crazy sometimes. Very often when I wake up on a Monday, I know that during this week, I usually have somewhere between 10 and 100 decisions to make for Axe Church. Easily. Easily. There's always projects we're working out in advance. There's things that I have to get decided on, things that I have to basically make a a decision so we can start running out. I mean, we're already planning Christmas at Axe Church, okay? So that, that stuff's already there to be able to, to start working on. Not only that, but there's so many different areas of our church between our weekends, our groups, the things we do in the, the community, all the kindness stuff. There's always a multitude of different things. If I have to get this done this week so I can hand it off to this person, or I have to make a decision on this, or I have to relook at what we can spend on this, there's, there's always something in regards to that, let alone all the just normal pastoring, meeting people, talking with people, all of that. But on top of that, actually, I still work part-time for our family business. So on a Monday morning, I also go into our business, and I look over what the week has to have done. And I usually have three or four deadlines to meet that week for our customers, cylinder heads that need to rebuild or engines that need to get inspected so we can order parts. And there's always things that are waiting there for me that I know I have to have these done by this date, by this time. On top of that, of course, I'm a husband and I'm a father to a seven-month-old boy. And I think, man, the weight that's there of getting home on time and making sure I spend enough time with him to make sure he even knows my face, right? I don't want him to forget what I look like and, and be there for those, for those moments and take care of him, provide for him. It's, it's, it's enough to honestly overwhelm at times. Not only that, but I don't know if you guys ever think about this, for any pastors you might know, but they wake up every Monday morning knowing that they have less than one week to give a presentation to somebody. Some of you guys give a few presentations throughout your career. Pastors wake up every Monday morning, and in a week or so, they know there are going to be hundreds of people who expect me to have something to tell them that's going to change their life. And not only that, it's supposed to be a word from God by this next weekend that I'm supposed to have ready for them. That's an average week for me to wake up to. So if if I don't have the ability to manage that stress, overwhelmed can come so fast, to be honest with you. And I know that's the same thing with your lives. I know it's the same thing with your lives. Whatever it is that you do as as your career, whatever it is that you participate in, there are always things that that are overwhelming that situation, right? It can be just the fact that you have that boss that always, no matter what you do, there's always another thing and another thing and another thing. Or maybe your job is one of those stressful ones where there's a lot of deadlines you have to meet. Or maybe they just expect you to be on 24-7, right? If I call, if I email, you need to respond whenever that is, right? Maybe you're in school right now, maybe young school, or maybe you're going back to school, whatever it is, and there's all this stuff you're trying to learn and and put in on top of all the things that you're trying to do. Certainly, all of us feel that responsibility of family, right? 
our, our marriage or our relationship with our spouse or the person who we love, or our relationship with our kids, our relationship with our parents, that there's, there's things that we know, man, you know, we're supposed to be there for this, we're supposed to participate in this. I can't tell you how many moms I talk to, especially in our culture, it seems like, our American culture, you not only feel the responsibility and the stress of your schedule, you feel the responsibility and stress of the whole family schedule. And for you, right? Exactly, right? It's like it's, like it's the kids' sporting schedule or their extracurriculars, and, and you have all these things in your mind that you're going through, and you think, now, if it was just me, I'd be fine, but I have to take care of all of this. And, and it can very soon get to this place where the stress of all those things it can just get overwhelming. You start feeling that, that feeling rising up in your chest, rising up in your throat. Here's a quick test that we can do to see if you are stressed right now, if you are overwhelmed by stress. Maybe you just were, or maybe you'll be going into this, so this is a good test to have. Answer me this. Have you ever had so much to do that you don't want to do any of it? So much to do, so many things to get done that you go, I just want to watch YouTube videos or Netflix. Oh, I got so much to do, but maybe I'll just scroll through Facebook or Pinterest for a little while longer, right? Because uh, there's so much that it feels so overwhelming. I don't even want to start on that yet, right? It seems so counterintuitive, but I totally get it. I've been there. How would have you ever been so overwhelmed, so at that point, maybe with the stress, that one little thing not working blows up into a huge deal? One little thing either sends you into anger and yelling or immediately into tears. Has anybody been there? One more thing, right? If one thing breaks, if one thing, like you walk out and you go to start your car after this, right? And the battery's dead. It's not a dead battery. It is the demon of chaos in your life and it has destroyed your day, right? The day's over, right? Complete break. Tears, right? It's not like you have to jump a battery. It's like, no, my life is over. You don't understand I couldn't take one more thing. That was, that was it, right? How about have you ever been so overwhelmed with stress that you wake up in the morning or sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you immediately feel sick to your stomach? You wake up and you just feel that twist in your stomach. Or maybe you're the person, you wake up and it feels like as soon as you wake up, you can't catch your breath. It's almost like there's a clamp on your chest. And you just try to breathe and you think, oh my goodness, another day. Man, all of us can get to this place where we're just overwhelmed by everything that we're doing, everything we're trying to accomplish. I mean, obviously, the good news is, is we're all in on this, right? It's not you. It's all of us. But is there, is there hope? I mean, is it just something that we have to suffer through, or is there actually hope in this? I heard this funny joke as I was reading through stuff about stress this week. It says this guy, he started getting really, really sick, right? I mean, he, he was getting wore down. And his wife said, you have to go to the doctor, get checked out. And he goes, and he gets checked out, and the doctor comes back and says, it's really simple what your problem is. Man, you're falling apart. The issue is stress. The issue is stress in your life. Man, your, your blood pressure is, is through the roof. I mean, you have so much stress in your life. Not only that, you have ulcers in your stomach because of everything that you're going through. And if I'm honest with you, um, your, your health is really rapidly deteriorating. I can tell just by looking at you, you're not doing good. You have way too much stress in your life. So he says, what should I do? And he says, well, here's the deal. You have to get this stress out of your life. What I need you to do 
I need you to scale back at work. There's no way you can work the amount of hours you're currently working. There's no way you can keep at the same pace. When it comes to sleep, you need to add a few more hours on it. You need to be getting probably nine or ten hours of sleep every night to be able to catch up. And when it comes to your relationships, the worst thing you could do is to be in, in arguing matches, fighting matches. There's no more arguing with your wife at all. When you go home, it has to be calm. You can't be getting into arguments and explosive fights every night. And the guy says, okay, and he leaves. He ends up going out, getting in the car, and his wife asks him, honey, what did he tell you? And he said, he told me, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die, Right? Because when he saw that, right, you think, there's no way I can do those things, right? There's no way I can, I can stop working so much. There's no way I can get 10 hours of sleep. There's no way I can stop this fight from happening. But is there hope? You know, I read through um, God's Word, right, of the Bible, which is kind of this, it's this whole library of these great writings. There's this one guy named David, and David is a really interesting one because David was a guy who was just going to be a farmer, he was just an average guy, okay, going to be a farmer. And then God kind of steps in in this really miraculous way, and he sends this prophet to anoint him and tell him, instead of you being a farmer, I'm actually going to turn you into the next king of this entire nation. I'm going to turn you into the king uh, of Israel. And, of course, that just seems kind of impossible for David, to be honest, right? But God sure enough does it. He, he kind of leads into this situation where he beats that guy, Goliath. You might have heard that story before. It was this huge military victory, kind of made him like this, this local hero. On top of that, he was actually a really good musician. And the current king brought him in to start playing for him. And it kind of brought him into that relationship. He actually ended up marrying the king's daughter. And he kind of did. God ended up taking him through this situation to make him the next king. Well, here's the issue, though. David was bred to be a farmer. I mean, his, his family were all just farmers. And all of a sudden, he finds himself as the king of a nation. And David often would comment on the fact that he felt extremely overwhelmed by his responsibilities. I mean, I know you probably have a stressful job. I know I probably have a stressful job. None of us have a job more stressful than king. Can you imagine? You think, well, king would be easy, right? Everybody just does whatever you say. Man, no. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. When you're king, if you don't do a good job, a foreign army comes in and destroys you. If you're not doing a good job leading your people, right, all of a sudden there's a famine and everybody in your nation dies. If you're not doing a great job, a lot of times at that time, the people around you, they kill you in your sleep and they put another guy in your position, King is an extremely stressful job, and David was often just, just stressed out by this situation. Listen what he says in Psalm 61, 1 through 2. Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. It's interesting because one of the cool things about David is that David was a musician. David was a singer, and David was a songwriter before he became king. So when he became overwhelmed, what he did is he turned to music. He would write a song. He would write lyrics that went with the feelings he was currently having. And what's really cool about that is because he was the king, all of his songs got saved. 
Because he was the king, they didn't get forgotten. Any song that he would pen, they would put it in, in, a, in a binder or something. I don't know. They would save it and put it aside. They'd etch it on stone or write it on a tablet, and they'd make sure, remember this, this song the king wrote, because he's the king, right? We don't want to forget anything that he says. Just like, I mean, today, they literally write down anything the president of the United States says. They write down it all, and they keep track of it. Same thing back then. All of it saved. So what's cool is we literally can read his songs from thousands of years ago. It's called the book of Psalms. There's tons and tons of them in there, those songs that are actually belong to this guy, David. Now, when David, who was the king, and not just the king, but a miraculously put there king, right? They said they used to call him a man after God's own heart. He had this really deep connection with God. I mean, obviously, God anointed him and made him the king, even though he wasn't supposed to be. There's some sort of connection there, right? David often talked about his, his relationship with God. Where did David go? What did David do when he was so stressed, when he was so overwhelmed? And it's interesting because the answer is right here in his songs. David, as he wrote these songs, he gives us a window into what it is that he would do in these situations. Listen how he continues this psalm, which is his song of, uh, yeah, Psalm 61, verses 3 through 4. It says this, Lead me to the towering rock of safety. For you are my refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. He turns and immediately he says, God, you're, you're like this, this fortress. You're like this rock that towers over me. You're like, you know, like almost like a mother hen, right? Who puts her wings over top of, his, of her chicks to pr- protect her. He immediately steers his mind in towards who God is. And even in one of his other famous songs, even more famous than this, which was Psalm 119, kind of David's longest song he had ever written. This is kind of one of his masterpieces. Listen to what he says in Psalm 119, 143. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Now, this is interesting. We get this wise man, this wise king named David, He feels overwhelmed, and he says, when I feel overwhelmed by all the stress in my life, I find joy in your commands. That seems surprising to me. I don't think that we would think of commands as giving us joy or giving us peace. Don't you think it would be more common for them to say, I mean, doesn't it seem like it's more applicable in our life? Normally, you would think, right? You would say, I'm stressed out. I'm crazy, right? There's all these issues. I'm overwhelmed. And God, your commands are just another thing on my shoulders that are weighing me down, right? All those commands I have to follow, all those things I have to do, right? But no, David, David has a different perspective. It's interesting. He says, I take joy in your commands when I'm stressed out. What if God's commands don't add weight to our shoulders? They actually remove weight. What if David was onto something? This man who was, who was really, really close to God. I mean, he had this connection, and he penned these words, his songs that, you know, he didn't just write these words flippantly. When you write a song, you write and you rewrite. What if he wrote these words intentionally? That he said, when, when I feel stressed, God actually removes my stress by pulling in close to what he commands, what he says. I think that God actually wants to lighten the load. This is what I want you to get today, and I'm going I'm to come back to this, and if you can take away one thing, I just want you to take away this one key thing. God wants to put your stress on his shoulders. 
God actually wants to put your stress, whatever it is that you are fighting through, all that, that weight you feel on you, he actually wants to put your stress on his shoulders. So David's saying, so when I look towards you, I actually feel this, this peace instead. As David finishes out this song, he steers this song down three, three pathways that I see that are really, really clear. And, and I want to I give these to you because I think there's genius inside of them. Whether or not you believe in, in God yet, whether or not you believe in Jesus yet, I think that he was pointing towards something that is genius here in regards to what God had said, the wisdom that had been shared as he looks into it. And so let's, let's steer through. Psalm 61 continues, and in the second half of it, he steers down three paths, and I'm going to share them with you. You can write them down if you want to. You can remember them if you have a good memory. First, he steers into something which I would like to call supply. Psalm 61.5, he says this, For you have heard my vows, O God. You've given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name. Now, let's translate that to modern language. You have heard my vows. What that means, he says, you have seen the plans I've made, God. You've seen the promises I've made. You see the deadlines that are ahead of me. You see the commitments I've made. You you know what's going on in my life. You understand what's coming up next. All the vows I made, all the promises I made. And on the back of it, he says, and you've given me an inheritance. David says, you know where I'm going, and you've given me what I need to get there. You know where I'm going, and you've given me what I need to get there. Listen how the the Apostle Paul, I mean, you know, Way, way, way later, other end of the book as far as us looking at, but another wise man of God. When he was writing to the church of Philippi, trying to explain dealing with all this stress in your life, listen to what he says. I think it's keyed in on the exact same thing. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything, right? Offer it up to God and then walk in that peace. That's what we do, that we give it to God and we walk in. And just like David, he says, listen, you know everything that's coming. You know what's coming next. In fact, God not only just knows what's coming next, he knows what's past the decisions you haven't made yet. God knows whether or not you get the job or not. God knows whether or not the relationship stays together or not. God knows whether or not that person helps out or not. God knows all those situations already. He knows where you're going. He knows your commitments. And David keys in and he goes, but because I've I've, I've given this to you, because I've prayed about it, you've given me everything I need. You already gave me the inheritance I needed to accomplish this. Friends, I believe that God has given you everything you need to accomplish what he needs done today. Let me say that again. I believe God has given you everything you need to accomplish everything he needs done today. There are things that need to get done in your life, right? And if you've prayed and you've put it on his you say, God, you know, I, I don't know what to do with this. Just like Paul says, then you can walk in peace. Because God knows where you're going. He knows what your tomorrow is. And he's giving you the inheritance you need to be able to accomplish it. If you need to make a decision today, and it really needs to be made today, 
God's already given you the wisdom you need to make that decision before you woke up today. If today you really need to walk through a hard time, a difficult season where you think, man, this is, this is a rough one. If you put it on him, you said, God, I need help with this, right? You know my day. You've given me inheritance. You realize you wake up and you go, God has given me enough strength to accomplish what I need to today. I have enough strength in my legs. I have enough strength in my soul to get through this day. You are not behind. You are not at deficit if you have taken and you've, you've lended these things towards God. You said, God, you know my plans. You've given me the inheritance, right? To put it to him and then take a step back and feel peace. Friends, you're not fighting from a, from a place of deficit. God's already given you the inheritance necessary. He's the supply. He's given it to you. And that can absolutely destroy that stress because you realize, I can do this. With his help, I can do this. He's given me what I need. After the supply, David keys in on what, to like, what I like to call perspective. The very next verse is he steers it. He talks about God's supply. And then he kind of steers it into this idea of perspective. Psalm 61, 6 through 7. He says, Add many years to the life of the king. May his years span the generations. May he reign under God's protection forever. May your unfailing love and faithfulness watch over him. Now, it sounds like David is blessing somebody, right? But who's the king? David's the king. David's the king. He's saying, God, would you just bless the king, right? And he's like, well, that's me, actually. But if you're going to bless the king, it's good because I'll take those blessings, right? He's the king. He's the guy. And he says, man, you know, add years to the king's life. And, and really, he's praying for himself. But, but listen, this is coming on the back of just talking about how overwhelmed he feels. What's David doing? He's getting perspective. He's going, listen, God... I'm not in this just for a week. I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to just serve you for a week or for a month. I'm interested in serving you for generations, for years and years and years. David's putting those, those stresses in perspective of his entire life. Yeah, I have a lot that I have to do right now. I have decisions that I have to make. But in perspective of the rest of my life, all of a sudden they become a lot more manageable. Listen to how Jesus talks about this, about when people are kind of stressing out about the, about the current, about the here and now. He's talking with his disciples when he was walking on the earth, and he was kind of identifying how people get, get so focused on the today, right? Just so like, man, the details, the details, the details. And he's kind of drawing them to have a bigger picture, to kind of take a step back and de-stress. He says this in Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He says, there's so many people that, that it's just, it, it's, it's all those details, right? It's, it's about the very next paycheck. It's about the next thing we eat. It's about what we got to do tomorrow. And he says, guys, that's how people live when, when they don't even have any hope to the fact that there's, there's a God who's actually looking out for all of this. He says, you can take a step back and realize God already knows everything I need. He already knows everything I need. I'm putting this in perspective of, of, of my whole life. He knows how my life ends, so certainly he knows what I need today. If you're one of the people today that when I went through that test and you are, 
you are massively stressed right now. I mean, you're the person who feels overwhelmed and those things just, they, they so line up with everything you're feeling right now. Listen, okay? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. For real, you're, you're, you're going to make it through it. Now, I know there's, there's suffering, and we're going to talk about that in two weeks. Suffering is that really scary stuff where you think, I might not make it through it. And that's, that's, there are situations that come into our life which are suffering, and, and, and they seek to, to break us, to be honest with you. That's stuff we can't control. But what we stress about is the stuff that we can control. The things that we think, if I put a little more effort, if I do this, I do this, and we have this tendency to let it run out until it overwhelms us. Friends, you're going to be okay. You're, you're going to be okay. Take a step back and put it in perspective to your life. There's this guy who's really, really smart. His name is Bob Parsons. He's actually the guy who invented GoDaddy, which is that domain site. Have you ever seen it? GoDaddy is actually like his third multi-million dollar corporation, if you want to know. Super smart guy. And when he was young in business, he ended up coming home for Christmas, and he said that his dad ended up catching him puking in the bathroom because he had so many business deals going that he couldn't keep down his food when he was eating at Christmas dinner. He had to keep running to the bathroom and puking because he was so stressed over everything that was going on. And he says his dad ended up coming in, and putting his hand on his back and saying, Bob, if, if all this goes bad, they're not going to come and eat you. And he said, what? And he says, if all this goes bad, they're not going to come and eat you. You're going to be okay. Even if all this business falls apart, they're not going to come kill you. You're a smart guy. You'll be okay. You have a family who loves you. It'll be fine. You can start over and do something new. You're a smart guy. They can't take that away from you. And Bob said, all of a sudden, I had this perspective shift where I realized you're right. I mean, in perspective to all my life, even if everything fell apart, it's not that big of a deal. Friends, sometimes... The unknown, nebulous feeling of being overwhelmed is worse than if you just clarified what's the worst case scenario. Some of you guys, a great thing you can do is just actually go, what's the worst that could happen in this? And then become okay with that. And then all of a sudden you have freedom. You put it in perspective of your life. I did this when we were very first starting this church. Years and years ago, we had 15 people sitting around. We had no building. We had no money. We had nothing. We didn't even nearly have a name yet, right? And we're trying to figure all this out. And as we were getting going, and I'm, I'm working full time and trying to do this, and I was starting a relationship with, with my soon-to-be wife, and we were talking, and I remember being so stressed. And I remember realizing this one time where I, I grabbed Amy's hand, and I said, Amy, if all this falls apart, right? I mean, if the, if the church doesn't take off, if this just, it just burns out and turns into nothing, if me doing this takes so much attention away from, from our, our business that our business suffers and maybe I don't have a place there at the business or our business even fails, are we okay? And she says, yeah, we're fine. She says, we'll go and we'll do something else. You're smart. You have skills. I don't mind working. We'll, we'll go and we'll get different jobs. We'll move somewhere if we have to. We're fine. I remember all of a sudden taking this breath and realizing of all the things I was worried about, if everything fell apart that I knew, I was still going to be okay. 
I had family who loved me. I had people who cared about me. Those things weren't going to take away the passions I had or the loves that I had, right? And then all of a sudden, I walked in with this confidence of realizing everything else is, is bonus, right? It's gravy. I'm okay if nothing works out. So certainly, I can relieve some of this stress. I can pop the top and let off some of that pressure. Some of you, maybe that'd be great exercise to do with your spouse, with your family, Sit down and have that conversation. So David keys in, he talks about supply, he talks about perspective, and last he steers into what I would call presence. Presence. He says in Psalm 61.8, Then I will sing praises to your name forever as I fulfill my vows each day. He says, I'm going to walk through the rest of my days, but I'm not just going to walk through them on my own. I'm going to talk about you and I'm going to praise you everywhere I go in my day to day. David was keying in on the fact that when he's overwhelmed, he realizes what he needs to do is remind himself of God's presence everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes, he needs to remind himself because realizing God is present, man, it makes your stress feel so less overwhelming. Realizing you're not walking into that situation alone, but that God is present in it, all of a sudden, it's just like that pressure begins to bleed off and you realize he's here. And he's part of this. Some of you are too stressed not to pray. You think, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. You're too stressed not to pray. You think, I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have time to stop in the morning and pray. I don't have time to, to read some of God's prayer. I don't have time. You don't have time not to, friends. The best thing you could do to be to stop for a second and to realize that his presence is there. I'm telling you, God... His presence isn't a heavy weight that gets added to your shoulders. It's a lightness in your step. Jesus, even when he was with his disciples, and they had so much to get done here on earth, right? He looks at him one time, and this is what he says in Mark 6.31. He says, Jesus said to him, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. In the midst of all this stress, Jesus looks over at him. He doesn't say, hey, man up, right? People need to hear about me. Who cares? You haven't ate. You're fine. You're a little overweight. You can burn off some of that extra fat anyway, right? We're good. No, he says this. He says, hey, hey, let's get away for a second and let's take a break. Friends, God's presence, it, it brings calm when you realize he's there with you. You know, one of the things that, that the Bible likens the, the presence of God to is breath. Breath. And I think that's so perfect because so many of us, that's what we feel like is we can't catch it, right? We get so overwhelmed, we feel like we can't catch our breath. And I mean that, I mean that metaphorically, but I also even mean it physically. Physically, some of you guys, you're so stressed that you are just, you're almost hyperventilating daily. You're in this, in this stress, 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 and you just need to stop. I'm telling you, some of the, the best things you could do is if you guys just took a break real quick and you just took a 15-second breath. 15-second breath. It's a common thing they try to teach people to relax, and I'm telling you, it's genius. When you are shallow breathing, your body thinks you are in fight-or-flight mode. Get ready to fight. Get ready to run. You take a deep breath, it resets that brain and says, we're okay. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. We're going to practice this. Because some of you guys, you need this for this week or you're not going to make it through. It's really simple. 
You breathe in for seven, you pause, you breathe out for seven. Really simple. If you get done breathing in before seven, hold your breath for a second and then start out. Some of you guys literally won't be able to do this the first time because you're so used to not breathing that that's insane. We're going to do it together. Are you guys ready? We're going to start by breathing in. We're going to start together. Ready? One, two, three. Out. Pause in. Out. You can feel your body just begin to reset. Friends, some of you, one of the best things you could do is before you walk into that job, before you walk into school, before you walk back into your house after a long day, would just be to stop for 15 seconds. Breathe and realize that God is there. Just that presence, just like breath. That's what it says in the Bible, that you just breathe in, exhale and realize I'm not walking into this alone. God's presence is here. And it can bring a lightness. If you are stressed out, if you are overwhelmed, I want to invite you to try David's strategy. Here's a guy who had tons and tons of stress and he was extremely wise. What if he's keyed in on something that we've been missing? What if we apply it to our lives? You go, I I don't even believe in Jesus yet. You don't have to. You don't have to. Jesus had people follow him long before they believed in him. You can start trying things like this long before you even believe it. What if you try it and say, what if, what if David was onto something? And you say, I know some of you, you're, you're like me. You're the super control people, right? And you're like, if I don't worry about it, who's going to worry about it, right? <laughs> Immediately. Friends, doing this, doing this doesn't mean that there's not concern for those things. It's taking it off of you and saying, God can be concerned about it. And you say, well, can I trust God? I mean, just, you're telling me to push, push this. Doesn't that seem rude to just push it off on him, right? I'm a man. I'm a woman. I can take care of it myself. But friends, friends, you might ask why. But listen what, listen what God said through the apostle Peter in 1 Peter 5, 7. He says this, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You'd say, Why? Why would God want to help? Why would God want to carry my stress? Because he cares about you. He cares about you. Even you who right now you say, I don't even know God. I don't care about him. He cares about you. He cares about you. God wants to put your stress on his shoulders. He wants you to put your stress on his shoulders. Because he knows his shoulders are strong enough. He knows you're not that strong and it might break you. But he knows that he can take it. He says, I can carry it. I got this. Take a breath. Put it on my shoulders instead. I'll carry it for you. For some of you this week, I would love to invite you for maybe the first time ever, whatever you're dealing with, whatever situation it is, maybe you even kind of picture it in your mind, just lifting that stress off of your shoulders and setting it on God's. Saying, this is a little too heavy for me to carry. If you said you're willing to carry it, I'll gladly let you carry it instead. Some of you, maybe you need to realize it's one of those things. You kind of need to take and realize the supply, right? That, That you're not 
not smart enough or you're not, not strong enough, right? That God really has given you the inheritance you need to walk through this situation. Maybe it's that realization of the fact that, that God is actually there, right? His presence, taking that breath and realizing he's there. And maybe some of you today, maybe today's a really great day. You need to take that moment to put things into perspective. Maybe some of the things that you're thinking are just as stressful and just as important as everything else you realize If this doesn't get done today, it's not going to kill me. If all this goes wrong, I'm going to be okay. Maybe you sit down with your spouse or your friend or whatever it is, and you go through and just write that down and say, I'm I'm okay. It's going to be okay. Let me pray for you. God, I'm so thankful for what a great God you are. I'm so thankful, God, that that we serve a God who not only just wants to do the whole... um, If you believe in me, I can make a way for you after this life, as far as the idea of eternal life, because certainly you offer all of us that opportunity to accept your salvation and to move into eternal life after this. But that you don't start that with us at death. You want to start that relationship with us today. That you want to make tomorrow something that's better, not just our eternity. You want to make tomorrow better. That you want to walk with us. That you asked your writers to pen stuff. Like you asked David to pen about how your presence gives us relief. That you asked Peter to write these words to remind us that you wish to carry our stress. God, I ask that for so many in this audience, for the first time ever, they would take that step and they would offer that stress to you. And I know that you'll be so faithful to lift it off of their shoulders and to walk with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.